Since the first days of the full-scale war, Russian shellings and troops have caused severe damage to Ukraine's environment. Ukraine's natural resources are destroyed, important infrastructure facilities are destroyed or badly damaged, gas stations, factories, plants and warehouses are burning. Russia is taking our lives, but it is also devastating our land and harms our environment. Today we will talk about it and how Ukrainians deal with it. Hello and welcome. This is Solutions from Ukraine podcast, which is brought to you by Rubrika Media Outlet. My name is Vladislav Faraponov. I'm an analyst at Internews Ukraine, one of the largest media NGO in the country. And I'm also the co-host of this podcast. And I'm joined by my colleague Anastasia Rudenko, who is the founder and editor-in-chief of Rubrika, the independent media outlet, the first and one working in the solution journalism approach in Ukraine and one of the few that reports on environmental issues and more important solutions. Hello, Nastya. Hello, Vlad, and to those listening to us. As we already mentioned, today we are going to reveal some impact of the war that may be unnoticed at first. But the additional challenges that the war inflicts on the environment will remind us of the full-scale Russian invasion for decades. What is more, environmental issues that have been caused by the war are already noticed throughout Europe too. And I am referring to health issues and in particular to the fact that quality of life depends on the air, water and soil. What do we know so far about the impact of the war on the environment in Ukraine and abroad? Well, it is important to mention that since late September, the US high-ranking officials, including US President Biden, uh, have expressed concerns that Putin could uh, use actual tactical nuclear weapon. Uh, they said it is possible that it it can be used uh, in a demonstration blast over the Black Sea or the uh, the Arctic Ocean, or in particular at some Ukraine territories. At the same time, uh, of course, we remain calm, but I would say that a general feeling in the society is that uh, this time we are much closer to to the real uh, use of, of nukes compared to early or late spring. At the same time, there is no evidence yet that Russia is moving those weapons uh, or actually preparing a strike. And getting back to the environmental issues, um, actually, Russia's war against Ukraine accelerates climate change and increases greenhouse gas emissions. This summer, Europe suffered from abnormal heat and forest fires, and large rivers and lakes actually dried up. In Germany, in the Czech Republic, uh, in other European states, the so-called hunger stones were even visible in some parts of rivers where the water level dropped to actual record lows uh, due to the drought. Yes, so low water levels in the river were often a sign of crop failure and famine in the past, right? Absolutely. So at the time when Russian missiles hit the Earth's atmosphere, which in fact destroys the ozone layer, its major goal is to protect the Earth from the harmful effects of, of solar radiation, so it kind of preserves our life on the planet. I would even add that 
as a result of military operations, products of rockets and artillery shells detonate into the atmosphere. Moreover, in, the, in certain regions, such as the east and south of Ukraine, they are permanent and multiply. Then shellings hit buildings and many fires start. Absolutely. And obviously, both sides, they try to attack the enemy's ammunition depot. So it is mainly about nitrogen oxide, heavy metals and gas compounds. And we should also be told about fires, uh, basically, such as uh, the burning of crops and forests. And uh, all of it, it actually occurs in the natural ecosystems and provokes emissions and, um, and, uh, and stuff like gas uh, aerosol. Indeed. And not to mention the amount of greenhouse gas emissions caused by airplanes, rockets and heavy machinery running on diesel. All that leads to the fact that harmful compounds are formed in the atmosphere and useful ones are completely destroyed. Yes, and uh, let's get also get back uh, a little to the nuclear threat. Uh, what will Ukraine and uh, the Earth will actually face? I would like to mention that uh, Rubrika was the only media outlet in Ukraine that developed a detailed guide for people on actually what they should do in case of using nuclear weapons against them. Asunasya, basically how many people did actually see this material? Almost half a million people only on Instagram and they shared it because they didn't know what to do in the worst case scenario. We even saw that some members of the parliament shared it and then deleted it eventually. Yeah, so it is, uh, I would say, the real impact of uh, of solution journalism. But instead of making people panic, you gave clear and precise steps on actually what one should do and uh, what uh, they shouldn't do. In that case, um, actually, what will happen to the Earth uh, in case of nuclear war, um, I mean globally? Briefly, I would say that the Earth may completely lose its ozone layer due to the enormous heating of the stratospheric. The exact consequences can be different, from an increase in skin cancer to the destruction of agriculture crops and entire ecosystems. Let's not forget that there are constant threats of radiation danger. And um, and you are referring to basically Zaporizhia and um, and uh, southern uh, Ukra Ukrainian uh, uh, nuclear power plants, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, actually the first one is controlled by Russians, and they use it as a shield. I would say they realize that uh, Ukraine would not m uh, actually would not make them uh, live, uh, of course, by force. Uh, it means that Ukraine uh, probably won't be shelling at uh, the station, um, actually considering the, uh, the real impact of it. So the issue here is that they fight against Ukraine's armed forces, actually from the station itself. And speaking about another nuclear power plant, which is located in the small city, uh, which is called Pivdenno Ukrainsk in my home region of Mykolaiv. I would say it is a large one, and almost the entire population of the city actually was working there. 
and um, I'm saying it was working in the past because uh, this information is definitely confidential and we are not sure if this is still the case. But generally, I would say that the threat is still real in both places. And Russia has launched uh, missiles just a couple of meters from uh, the Ukrainian nuclear power plants several times in in summer and in um, in early September. And experts told us that if something happens at Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, it would mean the second Chernobyl. The only difference is that uh, the one in Zaporizhia is closer to the Black Sea, which also can be polluted. A disaster at a nuclear plant will be felt by the whole world. The cloud after the explosion can go towards members of the European Union and towards Russia itself or Turkey or Moldova. Radiation pollution will be very high. By the way, Nastya, what about tracing environmental crimes? Uh, how are things going in that regard? Well, Ukraine's Ministry of Environmental Protection recorded more than 2,000 cases of environmental damage during half a year of the Russian Federation's full-scale war against Ukraine. The amount of damages is about $23 billion. Enormous amount, of course. And as Russians occupy eight Ukrainian nature reserves and 12 national parks, actually about 80% of the territory of the of the Holy Mountains, for example, national park in the east of Ukraine um, has been destroyed. It would be right to assume that the real number is much higher and uh, uh, the, the number of um, of cases is definitely definitely much more it is not far from my native uh, town slovyansk and the newly liberated liman in donetsk region and in main the kinburn spit in the black sea with an overland road from the part of the temporarily occupied Kherson region was burning for a whole week due to shellings Yes, I do recall myself being in Ochakiv, a port uh, about 60 kilometers, uh, which is uh, almost uh, almost 40 miles from Mykolaiv, and actually watching this beautiful place. And people used to call it uh, <laughs> even uh, the Ukrainian Maldives. There is a memory of mine seeing a bunch of pelicans uh, actually flying from there. And uh, I have a um, heavy heart... Uh, watching it uh, being destroyed by Russia. Indeed. There are just a couple of examples that we shared. Rubrika visited the national park Tuzlivsky Limani in the Odessa region. And many dead dolphins have been found there. It is very hard to count specifically as it is still dangerous to do so. The staff of the park notes that there haven't been so many cases of deaths. Yes, so it definitely means that uh, actually those uh, those uh, dolphins are dead not because of the nature, but uh, they are dead because of the war, and um, and perhaps it was caused by the mines that actually uh, actually Russians uh, uh, said, and um, for example, like if we saw up to ten cases of people going into the Black Sea, which is prohibited now. And then uh, some mines uh, exploded. It is obviously that dolphins uh, they hit uh, actually those mines too, 
and um, uh, we have spoken to, to members of uh, the Beco Ecolinks organizations that deals with uh, dolphins uh, both in Azov and Black Seas. And they say that um, as uh, the war takes place using the submarine boats with the different uh, devices uh, which contains uh, sonar um, that emit powerful signals. So it is really harmful for dolphins in particular and uh, as um, those uh, devices they basically disable the navigation of dolphins and their organs as uh, they use uh, the ultrasound. Yes, these guys, they told us the animal becomes blind. Blind dolphins are in stress and panic, unable to navigate. A blind dolphin is a dead dolphin. He cannot orient himself, hits rocks or may come across a mine. They cannot most importantly catch a fish for themselves and their body is exhausted very quickly. We will post the link to this story in the description of the episode. Yes, and in my view, the most positive uh, response to it is actually the fact that there are some organizations that conduct research on that and provide recommendations and such media like us, I mean Rubrica, that highlight those issues. And this is probably the largest area of where Ukraine already needs its partner support. And in general, that environment is actually a large part of uh, Ukraine's uh, plan of rebuilding, uh, which we've talked about in our first episode. We would like to reveal some stories that we have reported on our website, but they are really significant and we want to share them here too. For example, we could know Volodymyr Alokhin, a Ukrainian farmer from Donetsk region. He bred sheep for many years in the village of Pavlovci, but when the war started, fighting began in his native village, the house was destroyed by Russian troops and almost 100 sheep died from shelling. And imagine he couldn't live without them, of course, and he had to walk around 50 kilometers with his sheep. I would say enormous efforts and enormous power of will. I think this case, it once again actually takes us back to the memories of how people from certain regions had to evacuate in spring or in late February. We just probably forgot about it because during the war those days were much longer and more intense, I would say. And um, I know that uh, the Trubrika visited a cow farm in Muzici, in Kiev region. It is a, a village uh, around 30 kilometers from Bucha, a place of horror in spring, which we've mentioned in our second episode. Uh, so this farm, it keeps a herd about, about 60 animals and the farm is self-sufficient and the production is waste-free and environmentally friendly. But in spring, when uh, the region uh, basically was uh, under intense attacks, uh, those workers on this farm, they couldn't leave it. And uh, they managed not uh, only to keep operating, 
but also they they help people in the village and including the army yes we have also visited the largest shelter for dogs and cats in the kiev region in gostomel which was literally in the center of hostilities in march and april but we were able to cope with all the difficulties and save the lives of the animals in that regard, let me share that after this visit, one of our team members decided to take a dog Leia from the shelter. And this is awesome, as many people who were living in spring couldn't take their loved animals with them. And I am so grateful that our story impacts our team too. Yes, and uh, the war in Ukraine will have consequences not only for our country, but also for the entire Europe and the world too. You know, I think we have seen that uh, basically nature has no borders and today by polluting the air and polluting uh, different water resources, uh, the Russians are causing enormous damage to the entire world too. Some lessons should be also learned after the Chernobyl uh, disaster, basically when the Soviet regime uh, hit the scale of it. In the Russian-Ukrainian war, we also have environmental consequences for the whole world. Therefore, Ukraine cannot win this fight on its own. In order to do so, we also need to report about it. Let us remind that you can support us on Patreon. Half of the collected funds we will send to Ukraine's volunteer initiatives. Yes, you can support us at patreon.com rubrica to help us bring our victory closer.